Hi, welcome to the latest Shoespeak HR uh, podcast edition. Something that we're going to discuss today is, is something that became very topical during the pandemic. Um, hopefully we won't be going into any more lockdowns soon, but um, the question being, uh, should the right to work flexibly be a day one right? Um, currently, we need 26 weeks continuous service to make a flexible working request. Um, but is this about to change? Um, Amy, do you want to set the scene in terms of the recent discussions that have been going on, you know, kind of at government level? Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Hi, everyone. So, yeah, flexible working has been on the government's agenda for a while now. So it featured in the government's good work plan uh, proposals for families. And then one of these consultations uh, looked at flexible working and in particular, whether the employer has a duty to consider if a job could be done flexibly and make that clear when advertising the role from the outset, which was quite interesting. Um, the consultation also considered options for requiring like large employers, um, so those with more than 250 employees, to publish their family-related leave and pay and flexible working policies. So this closed in October um, 2019, so a couple of years ago now. Then you sort of had next in the timeline um, from that point, you had the Conservative Party's manifesto, uh, which was published in advance of the 2019 general election. And it revealed that the party um, encouraged flexible working um, and would consult on making it an employer's default position unless the employer had a good reason not to allow it. So this proposal was also included in the Queen's speech um, delivered in December 2019. Um, and a consultation on the proposal was promised. Uh, but however, this was delayed like a lot of other things unfortunately uh, because of COVID in 2020. Um, so since the pandemic the government has stated um, on numerous occasions that it's intended to consult on flexible working and it even has its own flexible working task force now which sounds very official. Um, so this is an advisory group uh, which is made up of various business associations, charities, trade unions um, and the task force has recommended that flexible working be made the default position so be made that day one right. So a consultation called Making Flexible Working, the default, uh, was published in September this year. So a bit of a jump. So there wasn't too much that happened last year and now it's back on the agenda. Um, and I suppose, Andy, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that consultation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the consultation itself notes that the COVID pandemic um, required many of us to change how we work um, and shifted the way that we all think about flexible working um, as, as, as well as obviously home working that the pandemic has led to to almost a greater recognition of the need you know to work flexibly for the balance with other commitments for example childcare or looking after a family member who, who has, has been unwell obviously both of those in, in the height of the lockdowns you know kind of when children were schooling from home you know kind of when people caught COVID um, you know kind of it, they kind of gave everybody an insight into you know what why this is sometimes an absolute necessity so obviously lots of flexible working practices you know across various industries have have been in response to the particular demands of, of the pandemic um and may not be sustainable in the long term and you know and this is recognized but the these practices what what they have done is open the eyes to the art of possible i guess um and and should be regarded as an opportunity for for employers i mean my take on that is obviously what any organization needs to look at as well is is the fact that it may not work for everybody mm. the whole flexible working piece it doesn't just follow you yeah. know, on from the position that 
just because it works for somebody means that it works for somebody else um you know kind of albeit they may be doing the same job um so it, it is something that that does need kind of deep consideration from the business um so the the government has considered whether to introduce a fixed right for employees to work flexibly and and therefore remove the ability of an employer to turn down that request um but I, they've established that that's not likely to be achievable um you know because because of the wide variety of the business models out there mm. you know the government just doesn't have that oversight to be able to say this must work for your particular industry um so the current system that's in place you know kind of namely a conversation um i know it's a bit more than that but namely a conversation between employer and employee about how that balance will work will remain um now, what the government is looking to do is to, to encourage two-sided flexibility um, between the employer and employee. Um, and in doing that, it, it sets out five proposals for, for reshaping the existing framework. Uh, number one being making the right to request flexible working a day one right. Um, making changes, if necessary, to the eight business reasons for refusing a request to work flexibly. So lots of people will be aware that, you know, kind of there are those fixed reasons, um, you know, that you can usually sledgehammer any rejection into, um, you know, that's unfortunately the nature of a flexible working request and, and those eight reasons, um, they can easily be turned down, I guess. So to address that, number three uh, on the proposal is to request that the employer suggest alternatives to the arrangement suggested by the employee. Um, whilst that may have happened in practice, that hasn't been a requirement uh, under the current legislation. So that that will be a positive step. Um, and then four and five, four being to change the administrative process underpinning the right to request a flexible working request. Um, and then number five is raising awareness of the existing right. Um, of employees to request now the pandemic may have done that in itself um mm. but it, but if it hasn't then then again that's that's a proposal that has been launched um so going back i guess to the focus of the podcast amy and you know one of the proposals is should this be a day one right um any views yeah i mean i think the first sort of obvious benefit that kind of springs to my mind by removing that 26 week uh, requirement is that it kind of instantly brings more employees into the scope of the flexible working legislation. So those who may need flexible working um, early on will actually be able to access it from the beginning of their employment. Um, and actually, consequently, this may encourage employers to advertise roles as flexible um, or at least consider how certain roles can be flexible moving forward. And I think in turn, this will actually give employees more confidence in the employer um, and kind of keep that employee-employer relationship um, on a positive level and, and a really collaborative level um, in how they can work together to make sure that the employer obviously has business needs, but the employee may also need to work flexibly. Um, I think on the other hand, um, as you said, Andy, employers um, are all different. You're not going to get one. what works for one employer might not work for another. Um, they may have certain roles within the business which must be worked during set hours or set days, um, and to have those hours or days change would actually cause severe disruption to the business if they've got certain SLAs to meet or deadlines or they need so many people on an area of the site at once for health and safety reason potentially um, and I think will employers have the right to refuse 
request still if it practically won't work. Um, I think the intention is yes, um, as you've sort of said, um, that it wouldn't be achievable really if the employer didn't kind of get a say as well. So it could actually be quite an administrative burden for employers um, if it was a day one right. So the 26 week period was introduced partly to offset some of those burdens on employers of administering uh, flexible working requests. So will this now mean that employers have additional work to do as well as uh, onboarding the employee to the company, which will include numerous things for the employer to think about at that point do they really want to be thinking about flexible working as well um, but I suppose although in practice I doubt it's not that administrative if an employer actually has an established process and policies in place and again I think with COVID um, this may have actually encouraged employers to review their flexible working practices um, and hybrid working and hopefully that's meant that processes have become more refined more clear um, so there isn't that much kind of burden on the employers if somebody makes a request. Yeah, I guess as well, kind of in in practice now, it, it may be something that's been explored during the interview as well, you yeah. know, questions asked both ways as to, to how that's going to work and, and everything else. So, um, you know, kind of we will see whether, you know, how big an impact introducing day one right would be then. But my view is probably not that big. Um, yeah. We shall see. Um, the consultation it cl itself um, closed on the 1st of December 2021. Um, so you know, watch this space in the new year. I'd be interested to see what, what comes from that. Um, will it result in a monumental shift? Probably not. Um, like I say, if I, you know, I, I just can't see it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's lots of the uh, proposals talk about culture. Um, and, and, and I think that's key really, because it is going to come down to the culture of the business as to you know, whether this is acceptable or not, how it's perceived, you know, kind of does your manager still hold the old view that, oh, if you're working from home effectively, you, you know, you're sat in front of the, the telly and not doing much or, or is there ways, you know, to measure what you're doing and, and is it clear that actually mm -hmm. this is more beneficial for, for both parties? Um, so I think that that will be the key and equally, you know, there's, there's the culture of the business and there's the culture of the, the public at large and, and, you know, kind of the, the, the employees that are looking to to come into the work uh, environment, you know, because they, 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 there is likely to be an expectation now that there will be an element of working from home. There will be that flexibility, um, you know, so it may be that regardless of, of what what the government tells businesses that they're going to do, um, that organisations have to shape it and have to introduce um, new methods and, and the ability to work from home so as to attract talent um, and to make sure that individuals want to come and work for their organisation. So yes, the government will have their say, um, but I think this will ultimately be led by businesses. Um, I'd be very interested to to hear our listeners' views if if, if any of those have got a different opinion um, on, on how they envisage it may or may not work going forward. So yeah, feel free to get in touch and, and tell us um, shoespeakhr at shoesmiths.co.uk. Um, thank you for listening to us. Um, thank you, Amy. Um, Thanks, and I look forward to catching up with you sometime soon.